0: I'm your host, Magic Barclay. And today I'm joined by Kimberly Record. Kimberly is a self sabotage expert. And we're going to learn more about her as this episode continues. Kim is the author of the Women's Self Help book. Finding Your Forever Body, which is a 10-step guide to breaking the diet cycle for good. She's the founder of the Self-Care Success Formula, which helps ambitious, purpose-driven women break self-sabotaging habits so they can regain their energy and confidence and create more joy and fulfillment in their lives by their own standards. Combining her background in holistic nutrition and high performance coaching, she empowers her clients to develop and stick to habits that support their health, vibrancy, and happiness without relying on their willpower. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. Now, tell us about Finding Your Forever Body.
1: Ah, it was a book that came from a passion. I had been doing nutrition consulting for about six years. And in that time, you know, I was still working through my own kind of recovery from a difficult relationship with food in my body. But the time that I was doing this nutrition consulting and, and was overcoming my own demons, so to speak, I was also noticing in women that I was coaching a lot of the same language and a lot of the same patterns that I've gone through when I was really struggling the most, you know, in this vicious diet cycle. So it came a point when I was just about in my forties, you know, several years recovered from this myself. And I started to look back on the journey that I would had. And it actually happened one day because I didn't realize it it wasn't like it happened overnight, but one day I, I had this realization, I was sitting in complete gratitude one day for my body and then had a flashback, had a flashback to, you know, 10 years earlier or 10, 15 years earlier when I was absolutely detesting what I saw in the mirror. And then that's what began the inquiry. Like, how did this happen? How did I go from you know, looking in the mirror and picking apart everything that I saw to today, having complete gratitude. And so it was that exploration that started the writing process for my book, Finding Your Forever Body. There was a lot of my own investment in my growth throughout that time too. So a lot of those pieces got brought in to that journey and yeah, I put it into a simple 10-step guide for women who also struggle with it because I saw that it was a very prominent problem. It
0: definitely is and so now we're going to really apply what you know about this problem to how we can help people. So I ask all my guests the same three questions. Everyone gives me a different answer and I think it's amazing, but no one's really you know struck to the core of self-sabotage and why we do it. So your first question is what can your expertise do to accelerate health? be it physical, emotional, or spiritual?
1: Yeah. So my specialty where I've, where I've really honed in my skills is working with, with women specifically who struggle with this on again, off again cycle. Another thing that I found in my nutrition consulting days was that, especially with women who came to me for general health things, I I wasn't going into deep, you know, pathological symptoms or anything like that. It was just mostly general health and most of the time it was weight loss was part of their goals and so you know there was the realization of most people know generally what they need to do to maintain good health they know what has worked for them in the past the big problem is why aren't they continuing to do it consistently over time and so that's where i started diving into a little bit more of that mindset piece and and actually through my discovery, I realized it was, it goes even deeper than mindset. It goes really right down to a core level of self-worth for, for most women. It really
0: does. And I think that core level of self-worth, we often tie that to our size. So whether we're too big, too small, too gangly, too muscular, too solid, we're always too something. And Mm. that's what we tie our self-worth to. So what are some easy ways to stop doing that?
1: Yeah. Well, the first, the, the first thing is to acknowledge that it's happening because a lot of times we get so programmed, we get so conditioned by messages everywhere. We're literally exposed to it everywhere in media, social media, marketing messages, everyday conversations, because, you know, it gets perpetuated by everyday humans who hear these messages and then go on to repeat it. And to our children, I mean, it starts really, really early in life as well. You can hear it in children as young as eight-year-olds starting to make the comments that we hear adults saying, you know, so, so it starts from a very young age and we all get exposed to this conditioning. So the first step really is to acknowledge that it's happening, like catch ourselves when we are speaking that language, like that, that I'm not enough language. And really begin to question the extent to which we've tied our worth into it because all of us have experiences of valuing other people for much more than their external appearance or their image right all of us have these experiences of like loving other people unconditionally beyond the external and yet there's this conditioning this programming in ourselves that so much of our value and worth is tied into it so you know i think a big part of it is just awareness awareness of the fact that it's happening and then to start to detach from those standards like start to question really what makes sense and and for me it started quite young as well because i was raised like you know more most north americans to 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 believe certain things about my image. And then it got really perpetuated when I was in my teens and I was a model for a couple of years in my small hometown and had an opportunity to go see a bigger modeling agency based out of Toronto in Canada. And in a 15-minute meeting was completely torn apart based on my image not being good enough. You know, I was, according to their standards, I was overweight and I was five foot nine and 137 pounds. So just right there, you can see the ridiculousness of the standards that are set for us. And this is the standard that is displayed everywhere because models are the ones that are wearing the clothes and showing off the perfumes and all of that, that we consume in the, in the images we see every day. So It wasn't a wake up call immediately for me. I actually bought into it for a long time. And that's what kind of led me on my journey to struggling with my body image and my weight and, you know, being obsessed with diets and the scale and all of that. And it was only upon reflection later that I realized how much that had impacted my life. But it wasn't just with my image. It happened in all areas. It happened with where I thought I needed to go to school, what kind of education I needed to have, when I thought I should be married where I thought I should be working, what kind of job with benefits and steady income and all of that kind of thing. You know, it's all of this social programming and none of it fit with who I was and and what I really valued. So it extends far beyond our image. But again, we've been programmed as women to tie so much of our value and worth into the image. But that is where most of us get stuck. We we get stuck focused on this, but it is extending to all areas of our life, which sucks the joy and fulfillment and vibrancy and happiness right out of our days.
0: And that kind of leads me to the next question. You partially answered it in that, you know, many people look at models and go, well, that's what society deems acceptable. So I'm not it therefore I've got a weight problem and so many people battle their weight obviously you had some battles as well and I guess the listeners might want to know what was the trigger to settling that that weight battle how did you accept the weight that you are the weight that you should be how did you kind of get off that treadmill I mean being in modeling you know you were writing the in the firing line pretty much and many of us are not models and we're still comparing ourselves to what we see you know on those glossy magazine pages
1: mm-hmm. well I quit modeling immediately after that experience because it was it was a such a huge blow to my self-esteem at the time so I left I didn't ever get really involved into the industry after that but it didn't stop me from being like I said, being obsessed with diets and weighing myself uh, sometimes up to six, seven times a day, you know, and and the number on the scale determining how how happy and confident I would feel each day, depending on what was being displayed, how I finally overcame it was a, a bit of a combination of things, but I break it down into two steps. The first step really was to start understanding that Food was more than calories. When I embarked into the holistic nutrition field initially, it was to help myself break free from this really difficult relationship that I'd had with food. I knew how much it was affecting my life, and it was it was really it was really taking over in a lot of ways where it became my sole focus, and I couldn't focus on doing other things that i wanted that i knew would bring me more more joy it was always it was overwhelming and and all consuming so the first step was studying nutrition and having a better understanding because up until that point all of my education and i'm giving air quotes right now all of my education around nutrition was magazines and labels and diet books it wasn't really based on any solid Understanding of nutrition and what happened in my holistic nutrition studies, and I'm so thankful that I chose the holistic route, which you can, I'm sure, understand. Magic is, you know, as opposed to to studying dietetics, because that was one option for me at the time. But going the holistic route, I began to understand that there was so much more to our wellness than just what we put in our mouths. There was the mind-body-spirit connection that I had never even considered before. And you know, my mind was blown open to understand everything that food actually did for our bodies and the way that it nourished it and allowed our bodies to, to do things you know, and support our immune systems and, and improve our digestion. And as I started making little changes, I, you know, feeling better, that started to become more important to me than the number on the scale. Because when I was in that vicious diet cycle, I was struggling constantly with my energy and digestion and I was sick all the time and I I never felt good. And I was in my twenties, you know, I should have had this vibrant energy and I didn't. And so when I started to apply a lot of these nutrition concepts that I was learning, it was making just such a world of difference in my energy and, and slowly increasing my confidence as well, that the focus stopped being about measuring and counting. And just started being more about looking at quality, reading ingredients, starting to understand how our food is processed and and moving more towards whole, natural, live foods, which is what we were taught. And so that was the first piece. And the second piece was making a connection between my energy and where I wanted to go in my life. So there was a moment after I'd done the holistic nutrition studies where I was getting happier with my relationship with food and where that was going, but I was still miserable. So absolutely miserable in my life because I'd made a lot of choices. Like I talked about earlier, based on the expectations and standards of others. And I was living a life that did not feel like my own. It didn't feel authentic to me. I didn't know what I wanted yet exactly because I'd never really been taught to explore and look at that there might be other opportunities that are more aligned. So making the first step towards something that felt more in alignment with my values and where I wanted to go was the next piece. And so when I started to put more focus onto that, you know, the the focus on the scale and the food and all of that just completely went to the wayside because I had a lot of major changes that I was making in my life. So I guess I kind of, I just shifted the focus completely. And the result was that I had more energy and I didn't have to weigh myself anymore. And I didn't have to worry so much about the measuring of things because I just was enjoying my life a whole lot more and making conscious choices about the quality of food I was eating.
0: I think that's really key, is not punishing yourself or depriving yourself, but making conscious choices. Now, we also talk about wealth here, Kim. So what are your top three tips to creating wealth, not just financial, but personal and emotional wealth?
1: That's a great question. And I love that you talk about it in more than just the financial because there is so much more to living a rich life than just what's in the wallet or the bank account. And I think when we apply the things that, that work, it benefits all areas of our lives anyway. So my three tips would be that the first one would be to, and I've alluded to this a lot in our, in our conversation so far, but the first tip would be to really consciously detach From expectations and standards that really don't align. The standards that you think success should look like, that you think health should look like, or that you think beauty should look like, because they may not be true for you. So if something doesn't feel right intuitively, explore that, detach from it. And then, so that would lead into the second tip, which is to set your own standards that do align with your values and the vision of what you truly want for your life and what can bring you the most passion and joy and and fulfillment. And then I would say also, you know, not just setting the standards but also developing metrics that make sense to you. Like how are you going to measure your progress? How are you going to measure your results to know that you've had success according to your own standards? I think that's really important because again, we've been taught to use things like maybe the number of investments or you know the, the number on the scale or the number of years you've been married or or whatever it is depending on whatever you know area of your life right there's these expectations that come from who knows where that you may have bought into that don't align that aren't truly yours so setting the standards and metrics for yourself I think are really important. And then the third piece I would say is absolutely critical is to create an environment for yourself of people who really support your vision and your standards and the life that you are creating and the stand that you're taking for yourself because oftentimes it can be very difficult to live into it if we don't have the right people in our environment supporting it. Our environment's always stronger than our willpower. You may have heard that before. And if we have unconventional Vision for ourselves, or we have unconventional goals that maybe don't fit the standards. We're going to hear that a lot from people all around us in our families and maybe old friendships that people who aren't used to seeing you have a a, a different vision for yourself. And it can be really easy to shrink back and just accept the old ways or the old standards and then go through your whole life being miserable because of it. So Finding the people that you can surround yourself with that will really support you, coaches, mentors, communities that will help you to see possibility for yourself and, and stay in that vibration of possibility and excitement and, and belief. And so, and sometimes we actually need to borrow belief from other people until we develop it ourselves because, again, the conditioning might be so strong from our whole lives that it, it is difficult to make those shifts. So I've always found coaches to be an incredible tool for this process because they are people who lend you belief when you don't maybe have enough of it for yourself. So I think that those three things would be, would be my three tips.
0: Fantastic. Now, Kim, we love freebies here. So people can get a 45 minute confidence kickstart call with you and that's at kimberlyrecord.as.me slash confidence kickstart listeners that's a fantastic offer i would definitely jump onto that because how many of us value ourselves or determine our self-worth by what other people say do or think and kim can definitely help you Listeners, you can find Kimberly at Instagram, Kimberly Record, and Facebook, Kimberly Record C H P C. Thanks for your time today, Kim. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Now, in our next episode, Kimberly will be rejoining us because we have so much more to delve into. We've only just touched the surface. So, in 171, we're going to talk about detach from conditioning listeners this was your episode 170 go forth and create your magical life thanks for listening today please subscribe to hear future episodes leave a review and share this podcast you can follow us on facebook at a magical life podcast or at holistic natural health australia that's holistic with a w you can find us on instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.